With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, Rick here from Fueled by the Outdoors. Afflictor Broadheads has let us in on some exciting news. Their hybrid mini broadheads are finally back in stock. They're on AfflictorBroadheads.com right now. You should rush over there right now. Go check them out. The newly designed K2 Mini and Hybrid X Mini feature a patented non-shearing drive key to deploy the blades without losing any kinetic energy. They also feature a newly designed blade angle for better edge retention and superior penetration. On top of all that, the Mini line features the new Sex Bolt system for a more precise fit and added durability. These broadheads are a favorite of Afflictor shooters, so you don't want to wait too long to get some for yourself. Personally, I'm going to rush over there right after I'm done recording this and pick up a pack myself. Learn more at AfflictorBroadheads.com. You're listening to the Fueled by the Outdoors podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, tell us what you think in the comment section, and leave us a review. I just hammered a good one. Drop the Asher! Never seen that deer before. It's a tough pill to swallow after having that deer at 18 yards. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Chris Leppert, and tonight I am joined by RDA Outdoors. Do you prefer RDA Outdoors or Real Deal Amsteel, or do you care? Um, I don't care. It's kind of the kind of name kind of picked itself. Uh, it just kind of, you know, made sense to switch it to RDA Outdoors now that we're not just Amsteel. Okay. Yep. Uh, okay. That makes sense. And, uh, of course, the name of the gentleman that runs and owns this company is Luke Dottel. How are you tonight, bro? Great, man, and uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. Cheers. You drinking Cheers. that? You drinking that Colorado Kool Aid? <laughs> the girls like. I've got the. the He's <laughs> finest to get you effed up. Mm. But I'll only have one glass, so that way that doesn't happen. So, um, you know, obviously you're an Amsteel maker, but first I want to talk to you a little bit about hunting. And if you don't mind, just give me a rundown of your hunting career, how you got into hunting, what you started with. Maybe it was, you know, squirrels or grouse or, you know, whatever. Um, and then just kind of dive into that for me leading up to where we are now. Um, I got introduced to the outdoors by my uncle. Um, he's, he was a city guy, but he kind of, uh, took to the outdoors fishing really hardcore. Um, and he didn't have any kids. And I was like the only boy that he kind of, you know, got to put under his wing and take out. And, uh, so he's responsible for all my nonsense, but, uh, you know, he taught me ethics. Um, 
he, you know, we don't, the rules are the rules and, and some will make rules that are even tougher than the rules that are, you know, the, the state or the, the law puts on us. Um, so I started definitely fishing, a lot of fishing, and he had purchased some property in upstate New York in the Finger Lakes region with, uh, like some cousins of his. And he would go up there and um, eventually he started kind of taking me with him when I was young. Uh, I, I, I don't recall the age, but you know, eight, nine, 10, I'd, I'd head up there and it probably started out in the summer when I was off from school and go out to the deer stand and just sit there, you know, midsummer. Um, and then I think he took me up for a turkey and uh that was a pretty cool experience like he called in a bird he called in a hen and and it kind of was right by me um for some reason i was like downrange of him <laughs> i was directly downrange of where he was uh i don't think he would have shot in my direction but yeah very very strange um and then eventually i would start to go with him uh hunting during rifle season for for deer and i was young i wasn't able to hunt but i would like take off uh, that whole week it was usually always around thanksgiving and i would just go up there and hang out with all the family the cousins and the uncles and and whoever they got about 100 acres up there in a little crappy cabin no running water no power none of that stuff so that sounds dreamy <laughs> it it's brutal um so yeah, I just kind of would go out there and we had radios back then, like terrible walkie talkies. And you would just like sit there, oh, I see a deer. And they would put like, they had like tree fort, you know, setups. Sure. Like, uh, they, they would hammer something into the trees. And then like <laughs> two years later, it'd fall down and they'd build another one next to it. And everyone had their given spot. Um, and that was my idea of hunting. So eventually it got to the point where it was like i started i did my hunter ed course um i started you know shooting a bit i had bb guns i would just shoot birds and stuff in the yard um but i never had that like small game aspect that i wish i did and my uncle he was like he still is like he just wants to shoot a trophy now he's only shot one trophy in like 90 years of hunting but <laughs> and that was a mistake <laughs> It was a Man. legit mistake. Like he's very, they're not good hunters. My uncles, they just, they go out every week or uh, that one week every year, they all sit in their same spots. If a deer comes out, they'll shoot it. But this one particular uncle, he would only shoot like something nice and occasionally a doe, like once every five years he would like, but he doesn't eat the meat. So it was kind of like my introduction to, the outdoors was kind of hard. So when I started hunting, I had that kind of same mindset, like, okay, I'm only going to shoot like a really nice deer and be proud of it. And, and of course, like I would never see those deer. Um, and it got to the point, man, eh, probably about 18, 18 to 21. I definitely didn't go. I was chasing real tail at that point. <laughs> and, uh, and then eventually I started going back and, uh, and doing that. And, uh, I want to say at some point I got into listening to Joe Rogan, the podcast, and that was like the exact same time that he was like getting into hunting. So he was having uh, John Dudley on, Cam Haynes, yep. uh, 
uh, who else? Adam Greentree, Remy Warren, like all those yeah. guys were on just a lot. And I, I was like, why, why am I not? Like I've had deer enough that I like it. Why don't I kill a doe if I get a shot? Like I passed so many deer. It was crazy. Like hundreds of deer. And, uh, so that year I went up, I shot a doe, ate the whole thing. Um, then the following year I went up there, shot another one. I think I actually skinned that one out and like caped it and cut all the pieces of meat off of it. And, uh, then from there, it was like, I have, I can just hunt locally. Like I can get, uh, like I started to get into the mobile aspect, um, like a climber, definitely got a climber first and, uh, started to hunt like public land. These guys, they think that bow hunting is like the devil. Like, uh, I think probably cause like, I, I imagine that it's like, uh, they're just used to like the 1980s technology of compound bows and like how everyone probably yeah. just was terrible at wounding deer. I've ran into those. Yeah. So I just think it's horrible. Like, nope, we all have a fair shake at this. We all get to hunt, um, you know, opening day of rifle, and it's fair for everyone. Very, very communist, very socialist. You know, we all <laughs> very equal. Um, so yeah, I started to like hunt locally and get into get into like the more, you know, hunting local, mobile, wild uh, public land, and. Um, I, I killed a deer uh, with a bow. Like, and then I started bow hunting because, again, Rogan got into the bow and I did the school of knock and all that crap. Like, dude, the school of knock changes. The school of knock uh, helped me big time. Awesome. I actually shoot with a, uh, with the silverback. Like, I hunt yeah, with that. Okay. So, so <laughs> man, I'm, I found my boy here. So, a yeah. lot of people, a lot of bow hunter only people don't understand. Yeah how to properly execute a shot yeah. pulling through. And uh, don't get me wrong. I don't have a whole lot of desire to do that on a live animal. Cause if it moves, yeah. then you're fucked. But essentially mm -hmm. um, I definitely got into that with target shooting and dude, it like you can't have target panic basically. Oh no. And, and it's, it cures it. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually I got in, like I got into target shooting as well. And, uh, but the, the silverback, like you can't use that to, to shoot like a Vegas round. You just can't, no. I bet you're going to be worn out. You got to get a hinge. And, um, but I just like it for hunting. What I really like is that I can have the safety on with my thumb and draw back and have that extra finger. Whereas mm -hmm. a thumb release, you don't have your thumb to draw back. And I feel like I got a lot more, I got a lot less uh, chance of like an accident happening, shooting okay. through my riser on a drawback on a cold day or something. Um, yeah. So I started bow hunting. I killed opening day. I think the first day of archery, whenever I started hunting, I killed a deer. I mean, it was a bad mm -hmm. shot, but I hit the femoral artery and killed her. Um, and I just was hooked from that point forward. Um, the public land aspect of where I live is really brutal. I mean, we don't have much land. Uh, th there is like, they say New Jersey is like a decent land up, decent state of public land, like percentage wise, 
but the plots by me, you might have like 50, 75, 150 acres, but it's like a field with uh, maybe a hedgerow and just the edge of the field. Like, so your tree opportunities are so limited that you I feel like, I feel like people are not looking at all the factors when saying that when you think about how tiny your state is, the population yeah. density of your state. Yes. And, and like, I don't feel like that's a fair comparison mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, it's not. Like, uh, I think they say like 27% of our state is public land, but it's it's rough. It's rough. Uh, the, the size guys of, two are, of our counties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and there's, it's populated. It's tough. We get a lot of deer get killed by vehicles. Like, we don't have those herds like you got like well maybe not you guys but like out in kansas or iowa where they might have 50 deer come through like if you got a herd of five doe that's a big herd because really? you got to think that's like a matriarchal doe with like a a, a couple yeah. daughters and yeah 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 so, and they might have a fawn so you don't have like the age caliper here do you feel like it's different in north jersey the populations are a lot yeah. higher I don't know if they're higher, but the like the terrain is so much different. I'm flat farmland. Like there is okay. no, I don't have uh, I don't have much topography to work with. Okay. The deer, the deer, like, uh, like they actually use the little topography that you have, but yeah. Um, so there's nowhere Well, they hide wherever, wherever there's cover, but the the cover could be everywhere. The cover, the cover is basically wherever there isn't a house or a farm or right. a school. You know, that's where the cover is. So um, they're around. They're just very difficult to hunt. Like you can't, you can't like. So, and since the plots are so small, you can't like. Uh, you might only be hunting a portion of this animal's range. You know, like you can't really get them locked oh he's coming he's betting here he's going over here feeding yeah. he's gonna come he likes this bet on this one you, you might you get a very small portion of that um from my experience like one of i hunted yesterday that was the first sit of the season and i'm hunting the property line of the wildlife management area and the walking trail and the walking trail people will come onto the wildlife management area i mean it, it's and it's a small walking trail it's not like uh thousands of acres where these people might cruise by no they're walking laps before they go and eat dinner or after and you know a dog you're like whoa what the heck is going on here they're running yeah. dogs by it's it's rough but the deer are there you know but it's it adds an extra layer um in my opinion like uh, another property i hunt that's private i don't have access to the field but the guys that do hunt the field i feel have more luck than me because they can come in through the field side set up on the edge and get the deer coming out to feed um and i can't get anywhere near that feed without busting them uh and then like even in the morning it i just i never have luck it's a very difficult property but okay. you have what you have and you know and you have the deer that you have so if you have a, a hundred inch deer that's that might be your best deer really you know, and you just you just got to work with it you might have a 120 you might have a 140 but you only have what you have sure so um, so yeah far, i started i started um i i got into the the mobile game and i i would walk around these properties and there'd be you can bait on public and leave stands up 
Well, at least during the season, you're supposed to take them down after, but people don't, they just leave their stuff out. Sure. So you'd walk around the whole property and anything that you thought you might be able to get into, there's already somebody there. So now you're like, Ugh. and somehow I found like saddle hunting somehow, like on the internet, there wasn't much info yeah. like G2 outdoors or maybe like Garrett crawl started doing it. Yep. Not many. And then it was like, hmm, well, let me check this out. So I get onto the the podcast or the um the Facebook pages. And I think the flex had just come out. Like that was the year of uh Kestrel? Hunter. The Kestrel was already out, but it was the Flex. It was the first year of the Flex. And that was like okay. the, the saddle. Because the Mantis was already out. They couldn't keep up with orders. Uh I remember that. Arrow Hunter could not keep up. That, that I mean, literally TX5, Cruiser, Latitude, um, and whoever else in that mix, uh, like, became a company because the companies that were there could not keep up with the, yep. the, 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 the demand. I mean, yep. um, so I got, a, oh, H2 was another one. I, I got an H, like, I got saddles by all these guys before they were companies. Well, not all of them, but a, a few. Um, before they were like, they were just guys selling stuff and they would, that's pretty yeah, cool. You, yeah. So I, I would, uh, yeah, I, I got, I got in kind of, you know, I'm, I mean, like some guys have been saddle hunting for 15 years, but I kind of got in right as it took off. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I think that the best stick at the time was like the B stick. Like if you didn't have B sticks, you either had lone wolves, muddies or hawks. Yeah. Um, so there was like, you had to mod them. Um, and that, and I started like figuring out how I wanted to hunt and I got into the rope climbing game. I got into SRT. Um, okay. so my, I like, and I made a YouTube channel that was based on like just sharing tips with people, like, cause there was no info. There really was just no info of how to do anything. So my, my crap. <laughs> My crappy videos um, would, uh, you know, it would just help people. Like they were bad videos, but they had some content that you could use. And um, and that kind of grew into like, like I don't know. I never like I loved to do that. I loved to make like those videos, um, but it gave me some recognition within the community enough to like, like people like would offer me to try things or they liked how I was doing things. And, um, and then I, you would talk to them too, because they were so small and you could give them suggestions and they would let you try stuff. Um, and then it was like, it kind of switched. Like I saw, I saw a switch in the, I don't know if it was the industry, but it seemed like there was a, it, like things just started to get, go at this crazy pace, like exponentially. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then it was like, it, people were in competition with each other, uh, you know, and, and, and that always kind of sit wrong with me, especially with the YouTube, like the content and I'm guilty of it too. Like judging like, what is it? Who's this guy? What's he doing? Who do you think, who's he think right. he is? Um, and, uh, yeah, like, and then, like, you never know whose video is going to pop either. I, I heard you guys talking about, like, the algorithm. I mean, is, the, some video might have 100,000 views, and your video, you think you're going to get 
10,000, you get 10. <laughs> every, time, every time Josh tells yeah. me this video or that video is going yeah. to blow up, I'm like, great, we're going to get 13 views. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It, it really is. I, I didn't even know about you guys. That's how crazy this is. Yeah. Like, I had heard the name, but at, once I got out of, like, the YouTube mindset, like, I remember somebody saying, like, oh, you're only doing this to make money. And I'm like, make money? What are you talking about? Are and you then on crack? <laughs> I had, like, 500, I had, like, four or 500 followers, and then I asked somebody um, that had more followers than me. I was like, yo, do you make money off of this? Like, yeah, once you get over a 1,000, you can make money. And I was like, oh, I and then I saw that aspect of it, like guys just trying to make content to make money. And I was like, eh, I never really got into that, but I understand that side of things. Yeah. Because um, we need that as well. You do need yeah. it. Yeah. And I think YouTube has brought, I mean, everybody's using YouTube now, so it's no longer just what I call the good guys. But at the same rate, yeah. like you have to be pretty big to be making anything substantial like you're not just yeah, going to have no idea video. yeah you're not like to give you to put in it in perspective i think we've made like a hundred and twenty dollars since we hit <laughs> subscribers now we've barely put out anything since then and yeah we'll do all right once we get rolling it's just it's yeah here but the algorithm is also geared like you can tell that you don't get like it's an exponential growth like to get to a thousand is very difficult but yeah. now if you're monetizing they're making money off of you too so they want to push your video so now you're gonna you know you'll look at a guy that had 500 it might take him all year to get to a thousand then you might click on him again and he's got three thousand you're like how did that happen and then he's got six thousand yeah. it's um, funny how some of yeah. that works because there, there were some local guys that had like 400 subscribers or something. They, they didn't have yeah. a lot, which, you know, I'll never, I know the struggle. So I'll never like make fun of anybody, down anybody. Or any, if you got 20 subscribers, I don't care. Like you have a little piece of Chris's heart because. <laughs> so with that said, dude, I look back and they're at like 3K or something. And I'm like, yeah what the hell like what happened it's insane and will you please tell me how i can do that but at the yeah. same rate they're still not like you're still not making you're not going to no. make a living until no. you have a boatload of followers and you really i mean the followers doesn't even help you need views and yeah. the views dude i'm convinced i mean i feel like i've got a few things figured out and the the you know the thumbnails and mm. when them on social media makes a huge difference and i think a large channel versus a small channel drops at different times and stuff like yeah it's just there's a lot to it um yeah we've, we've kind of figured out a little bit figured out a way to say screw the algorithms a little bit but it's still yeah. not great you still gotta have the good content and the good thumbnail you gotta, you gotta have it yeah and and another thing is like you can't rely on facebook to push youtube like that's no. not what they're intended to do if you yeah. make a facebook video 
they're going to punch the Facebook video over your YouTube video. Oh, I mean, I've seen, I've seen that clearly. I mean, I'll post things and I'll have like 20,000 views on my Facebook. And then the video has 200. You're like, how does this make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they're definitely like, you need it. Every industry kind of needs a little bit of everything. You need product. You need people to be using the product. You need people to be sharing the product and tell you how to use it. I can't do it all. I right. can't trust me. I mean, I'm doing RDA outdoors. It's just me. I make everything. I package everything, take it to the UPS or post office. I make whatever videos I can like respond to everybody. It's a lot of work. And oh, I can only imagine, you know, what these other companies that have huge, you know, uh, sales, what they're dealing with. I mean, yeah, I, I can't even imagine Tether dealing with this back order thing. Like, oh, oh, dude, oh, I so, feel I feel for them. Do you feel like you'll ever hire somebody? Um, you know, I'm in this weird state uh, where it's like really good for me right now. My business, like, uh. Like it's expanding. It it's kind of uh, it has its own legs, so to speak. Like okay. like it it's it definitely is fueling me um, in a way that I can't really like uh, communicate. Like it's, there's just some weird drive, like a vocation. Like it it it's something that I want to do. It's my everything's telling me like, hey, just keep doing this. Like work, yeah, works fine, but keep doing this. Use work to get you by, but you know, it's growing. Like I just keep dumping every all the money back into it. I'm not taking any money. I'm I'm uh in fact I'm donating money, you know. Yeah. There there's enough here. There's enough to make money and and give sales and give donations. You know, that's uh <laughs> we don't need to go down that room, but uh there there's a uh, you know, there's enough, uh, there's enough left on the bone to, to not, to, to give back. And, um, we do, I do want to talk about that. We, uh, but, uh, let's get back to, um, how yeah. I actually got to, to making stuff. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me pull you back in here. So yeah. this is Rick's job. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about, it, you know, and, and this this doesn't necessarily mean inches and deer, but uh, any certain accomplishments in your hunting career you want to talk about at all? Could be a big deer, could be um, the outdoors. I mean, anything. Highlights. Man, I am I am a terrible hunter. Like, okay. I can go out there. I've been hunting. Like, I got the drive to do it, but you, it's hard to compare, like, anything that you do here to anywhere else in the country very difficult um one of my good buddies that i got reintroduced to is because of all this mobile hunting um guy that i used to hunt with and hang out with back in high school um he i saw him on the hunting beast i'm like hey you mobile hunt? i knew he had a farm but i'm not going to hit him up to try to hunt his farm Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah, a little bit here and there. And we start talking. I'm like, here, I, this is the kind of, I had a whole bunch of stuff at the time. Like, here, let me show you some stuff. If you're interested, you can try it out. And um, went over to his farm. He's like, yeah, come on. You know, we just started talking more and, uh, you know, reconnected. And 
and it got to the point now where we put in uh or he put in for a draw to kansas like as a group and we won so we're going out to kansas which is going to be sick yeah but um anyway like he's a good hunter like every year he'll get kill a nice jersey buck like i don't know what it's going to score 110 to 140 I don't know if he's ever killed a 140 in Jersey, but he'll kill something in that range, like a nice maturity point for at least a three and a half to five and a half year old. Um, and he's been, I didn't know this, but he's been out to Ohio a lot and killed big deer and out to Kansas several times and killed some big deer. And, um, and yeah, so, it's, you know, like I've reconnected with two dudes that I, even a guy that I knew in like middle school through mobile hunting, and um so so it's like i'm i'm just happy to kind of like i was in this little like my hunting life was so small and now it's expanded you know like the universe and i can go to these different places now having the family and my job is tough but uh but you know if i if i focus on on one thing a year maybe i can do it kind of like you know you guys did in would you go out to in the, Nebraska or something? Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The uh, the coyote state. <laughs> man, coyotes are everywhere, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's little, little wolves, dude. Um, but crazy. I don't like. I've killed. I usually kill a deer. I I haven't killed a buck with a bow yet. I've hit. I've let's see. I drew back on four last year never got a shot never got a clean shot wouldn't take it i hit one i think in the shoulder or it glanced um i thought it was a dead deer i had a fur ball and my all my blades were mangled um yeah i've had some struggles i don't get to hunt nearly as much as i want but i get to hunt enough you know i kind of like i hunted yesterday I was going to go out today, but it was 83 degrees and I was just, no, it was not happening. And the next time I'll hunt's in two weeks because of my job, you know, and, and life. And when is I'm your, home, my wife, my wife is working. So, um, we, we have this kind of odd dynamic as a family where we're kind of, uh, I go away to work and then I come home and, and she goes to work. So yeah we're married and and uh but we kind of have like a single family lifestyle in the way as well and then we got to have family time yeah uh what does your wife do she's a hairdresser and she owns her own company so she can work around me okay. and i'm a tugboat captain i go to work this wednesday at noon and i will get off the phone wednesday at noon and oh, wow. uh so it's a week on week off Okay. Um, now I can sneak home from time to time when I'm on, but I'm working around the clock based on, you know, what's going on on the river. Okay. Wow. That's pretty interesting. So, um, I had something I was going to ask you. So what got you into the mobile hunting industry? I think it it started just getting into mobile hunting uh you know it, and then it was so small at the time you had access to kind of a lot of people um and then i was kind of i got 
into this situation where I was like helping and testing for people and sign some NDAs. Um, and you just, I, and then the problem with that was it took me out of the, uh, like the YouTube space. Like I really like doing that probably the most. Yeah. Um, but it took me out of that because you can't have that product and make a video, you know, it can't, you can't, you can't have it. So you're, you're like using the stuff, but you can't really show it. So, um, how are you going <laughs> to do your videos like that? You know, you, then you're yeah. then you're not using the products that you, they want you to test. Um, and what really happened, like how real deal and steel kind of started was, during COVID, I had, uh, well, I was, my, my first year saddle hunting was, I mainly climbed using the SRT method. Okay. But a lot of, there's a lot of, um, there's downfalls with that method. There, you know, there's a, there's a hole, there's a hole. Yep. It is a great way to climb, very safe, but you have to have presets. And so I had all that gear and I had run into a lot of problems um, with hunting that way that year. And I said, I think that one, one sticking, like I saw, saw it a little bit, not a lot. There wasn't much info out there. Um, the Kane, Kane, Chris Kane had a video, terrible video. Joe Whalen had a video. That guy's crazy good at climbing one stick. He's got his like, he, he does it a lot different than we all do, but he's really good. Um, and Hesterly, I saw this video of Scott Hesterly climbing, and he had a side-by-side. -side. He was climbing, I think he had like four sticks, and then he climbed uh, yes, with doing I one stick and the next to it. Yeah. And I said, okay, I think I can do the one stick. I, I already have all the stuff. I have the rope. I got the rappel device. I think if I just build a one stick, I can climb that tree now, leave behind my paracord loop for the future to climb SRT if I want to. My buddy so, Bob does that. Yeah, and it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Like, if you are one sticking, consider adding SRT because it's mm. like I sell a kit for a hundred dollars. It's this big, like it it fits in the palm of your hand. And um, Bob, so yeah, literally, Bob's literally like going to be grinning ear to ear it's the truth dude for a year if, you, if you have a tree that you've already hunted before and you plan on hunting it again throw the paracord loop in there then you come up to the tree you you throw you know you you put your rope up around the tree you girth hitch it at the canopy and then you climb up it with the srt and then you use your one stick as your platform again and if something goes wrong you can always just one stick the tree. Like that's the thing that I had happen where if something happened with my paracord loop, I'd be at the base of the tree, not being able to climb up it. Like, Oh, what am I going to do now? So, so, uh, so yeah. Yeah. So then I was, I started to look at one stick. Then I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to build a one stick, I'm going to build the best one stick and I'm going to make all this gear work perfectly together it's all going to be in spec as small as it can possibly be i wouldn't use i just want it to be like extremely well-rounded kit and that's what i built like i i got canyon nine millimeter c4 
not CIV, it's C4. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I, I had the quick link. I had, uh, I was using a Grigri at first, but eventually I, I tried all the different devices and went to the safeguard. Um, I built the first ultimate one stick. I took a feather stick. I got a Schaefer cam cleat. I got, uh, I think I got his step, uh, the EWO slotted step with the, you know, the built-in aider. I got, I put a slanted scout. This, the, the slanted scout was the only thing available at the time. There wasn't even the flat scout. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, and I started there and I was like, Oh, this, this works. Like this is going to work. And that was during COVID being just like trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Um, why you had so much free time. And it's uh, crazy to me to think that that really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Like from, from then and a half years ago. Now, yeah. Like mobile hunting has freaking exploded and all the oh, different exploded. products that have come out just oh, blow people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then you know, like somehow I got involved with like, People were liking this setup, and somehow I got involved with Dan Oates, and uh, he kind of brought me on, and I was making the ropes. Like, I guess he, you know, the Amstel guy was making all his Amstel stuff, but he wasn't making the, the 316s full bird. And I think he was so backed up at the time, he said, well, why don't you just make them? You know, we'll sell them. And, uh, now, is this and, the, the rope that goes through the cam cleat on the one stick? Yeah, you probably okay. have my rope if you bought it from me. I, we made, well, I made 4,100 of those ropes. Holy shizzle. Yeah, there's that many of them out there. And, wow. um, but, uh, you know, it just evolved from there. Like, next thing I know, I see this video with Scott showing Greg how to one stick and the boy and his boy, Greg's boy. And I'm yeah. like, oh, shoot, he's got a flat scout on there. Like, he got that custom build at the time. And, and again, there's me being jealous. They got a video that's got a billion views on it. And I'm over here, my, my one stick video where I built that original ultimate one stick has like 500 views. You can find it. It's, it's bad. It's, bad. it's terrible. It's not a good video, but um, yeah. And it, and it was like, the next thing I know, I was just making all these ropes. I wasn't making any videos. I was still testing a lot of products, but guys were coming up. I would have guys like, hey, can you make me daisy chains? Yeah, I can make daisy chains. And then, you know, can you do this? Yeah, I can do that. And I got to the point where I was just like, you know what? I need to have a business. I need to have a website. I need places for people to be able to go because it's just going to make it easier. And most of the time, the guys were buying it in season. Sure. I'm sure the Amsteel people were just hammered, um, back, you know, backed up weeks. And they just What's wanted the stuff. There's so much, there's so many of you guys and you all are still backed up. It seems like yeah. you get hammered no matter yeah. what, no matter how, I mean, there's yeah. going to be probably near double of you next year. Yeah. And you will all still be backed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, and that's the thing. Like you can't be, we, we all can't do it all. No. You know? I just saw uh, Katoya, uh, Vital Ground Outdoors. If you're not buying from me, buy from him. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's awesome, a, man. He's a, he's a great boy. dude. He's a, yeah. he's a great guy. And that's half the other problem is, like, 
I, I'm like in competition with people I like and respect and care about. And, yeah. And, but I don't look at it as like, uh, I don't look at it that way. You know, I don't look at it as like a competition or anything. It, he does what he does and he does it well. And yeah. And, uh, and that's good. You know, it, it's all better for the community. You um, East Coast guys. Yeah. You're so <laughs> lovable. <laughs> now we're, now we're brutal and you're, brash. You're teddy bears and you know it. Um, yeah, it just kind of like, it, it just has grown to the point where it got too big, um, for Dano and, you know, he looked at me as competition and, and I see that, you know, we started calling, I wanted to make these platforms and these steps and, uh, this is things that have been on my mind for a couple of years, but it's hard to get it done. You know, it's hard to get done. It's hard to trust people. You tell them something, you ask them something, they make it. And then sure. they're the one that's profiting off of it. They're the <laughs> one that, and, and, and that kind of sucks too. You're like, well, sometimes it's just nice to have something that you like and to get it. But then you realize you're like, Hey, well, this guy's just kind of making money off of me yeah. or, or somebody else. You know, I was talking to Al Zach, Zach said to me the other day, Zach Owsley, he said, you know how much stuff out there we're responsible for? Oh, dude. I mean, we've really helped a lot of people oh. and came out with little designs and, and things. And, and it's the truth. Um, and it was funny. I didn't tell Zach about, I talked to Zach every day. I didn't tell Zach I was making these steps. I didn't, you know, because I, I, it's hard to tell people things. Sure. Um, be careful about that. Yeah. So, uh, and then it was the just like, on the, the expo on, on the download. People are like, oh, what are you doing? When are you doing this? Oh, yeah. to that? And I'm like, I think we'll wait. We're going to wait. Yeah. Well, who, yeah. Who's the vendors? Give me the vendors list. No, yeah. I'm not giving you that. Not yet. Yeah, that was that was awesome, man. I got to tell you, like, appreciate. Because I didn't, I didn't really know you guys. Like, I had heard the name, and I know you were working with Matt a, uh, a bit and using his stuff. Yeah. And like I said, at that point in time, like I was just more focused on, um, my my work, my family, and making whatever Amstel was making at the time. And I wasn't really watching YouTube. Um, I didn't even know you guys had like your own Facebook page. Like I had oh, no yeah. idea. This is crazy. Well, we're, we're, we're not exactly well-known people. We just, the thing that I've found, which, you know, I will toot our horn a little bit here. You know, yeah. you can kind of see at the expo, um, you know, I heard this on a podcast and I was like almost in tears hearing it. I was listening to the Southern Ground podcast, Parker uh, McDonald. Yeah. Um, they were talking about how the expo was done right. It had the right people. And yeah. to me, that's really important because, you know, you can. OK, so I'll just. I probably shouldn't name names, but there are some very big names out there, like monumental Michael Jordan type names. Yeah. Go get for X amount of money and have X amount of people show up. No problem. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I want and, and to me, what's funny is, is, you know, I, I look at like a and I don't know how much you got to listen to um, with the seminars, but like a Greg Stags, mm -hmm. Jake Emery, freaking Jake Bush, Aaron Ritter, like those guys to me are kind of the Michael Jordan people like they're 
they're freaking awesome at what they're doing and they're yeah. they're in it like I am. They're not um, you know, it's tough to do this without names, but um yeah. you know, they're not a pro at archery or you know, whatever. And 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 they have their place and I get why you would hire them or like a really hot girl who's busty who all mm -hmm. she has to do is be in a saddle and everybody's staring at her. Mm -hmm. um, I, I get that. It's marketing. I get it. But to me, I wanted an environment where it was about hunting and it was about mobile hunting. And the same thing really is uh, true with our team. Um, we bring and you know, we fail, you know, we bring people on and we're like, Oh man, should not have brought that person on. But for the most part, I feel like we've gotten it right. And, um, you know, again, we don't have any big names. I'm the biggest name probably, and I'm a freaking nobody. But at the same rate, we just literally live in the outdoors. We love mobile hunting, mm. and uh, we, we love to kill deer. And, and really, a lot of us, my closest friends are turkey hunters. Like, <laughs> I'm, I am a turkey hunter. So um, all my buddies, we get together each spring and terrorize the shit out of the local wild turkey population <laughs> but uh you know that's just who we are so yeah we are we are a very you know there's no shame in not knowing us because we're a very small you know compared to like a a run and gun whitetail hunters where they've got like nearing if not over a hundred thousand people in their group with jacob myers and um andrew maxwell and they have in my opinion, one of the better podcasts you can listen to. I don't know if, do you listen to them much at all? I've heard them. I was kind of bitter that Jacob Myers walked by my booth 20 times and didn't say hi. Oh, dude. But I, but I you know, it's, <laughs> no, that's what's, I didn't dude. have, uh, I wanted to say hi to him myself. He, um, that guy was <sighs> made to make podcasts. And I'm telling you right now, my favorite podcast I've ever done was with him, Josh, Rick, and Jacob Emery at the expo. Oh, I was nice. so tired. I was going <laughs> cross-eyed. And and Jacob, me and Jacob Emery are very high-energy people. And Jacob started falling asleep. And I'm like, wake up, you little bitch. Mm -hmm. I thought you had energy, bro. Come on. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be like me. And then like 40 minutes later, I'm like, oh, my God. Somebody say you're tired, please, because I'm fucking dying. But no, Jacob is the salt of the earth. He's really good at, at podcasting. And honestly, there's a lot of really good ones out there. I like Meat Eater a lot. I like yeah. Wired to Hunt. Tony Peterson mm -hmm. is very good. But when it comes to the most next level guests I've ever heard, it's the Southern Outdoorsman. And I'm, I'm going to plug an episode. And, and just so everybody knows, I'm just saying this because I love it. They're not like slipping me dimes under the table or anything, but the one I, I want to say his name, I'm probably going to screw this up, but maybe Tom Brownlee, something like that. It was, he's a canine handler and they went into exactly what a dog and a deer could actually smell. Hmm. And the, the episode, I, I'm a scent nerd and uh, a lot of people kind of think I'm full of shit, but after listening to that, it confirmed a lot of what I thought I knew to, you know, to a degree. And then I was like, oh my God, you know, I, 
I need to be doing this and not doing that, but um, very cool dude. So uh, that guy, I mean, he's awesome. Jacob, Jacob's a, a badass dude with a badass podcast. But anyway. Yeah. If you're looking for an affordable technical gear style clothing that performs well, that cuts weight from your clothing, but not from your wallet, check out Huntworth. Whether you're hunting early season in Nebraska, mid-season in Ohio, or late season in Iowa, Huntworth has a system to keep you comfortable and focused on your hunt. With early season fast approaching, we highly recommend checking out the Durham Lightweight Hunting Pants and the Midweight Shelton Hoodie. These items paired with an appropriate base layer will perform at a high level in multiple early season conditions when fishing and hunting. So we've been on the search for a new broadhead this year, and after doing some research and kind of looking around, we found this company called Afflictor Broadheads. We got our hands on some of the heads this summer to test out, and guys, I got to tell you, I believe that this head will be in our quiver this fall. Each and every broadhead is hand-assembled in their Texas facility by people who truly care about your experience. This year, I'll be shooting the K2 Mini and the K2 Hybrid, and I got to tell you, I'm absolutely loving them. They fly great, they're extremely durable, and the penetration is just deadly. I can't express it enough. I also love the practice pin feature these guys came out with. So far, I'm really, really impressed. To learn more for yourself, check them out at afflictorbroadheads.com. Um, yeah, it was a very fun time. Um, it was cool to bring all you guys together. And, you know, we had a few failures, um, fell short on a few things, but dude, really. Yeah. I didn't notice oh, anything, man. I was in my own world. Yeah, oh, it was same. just me. Same. And, yeah. and uh, I so thought you, everything so, went off without a hitch. Like I didn't, from what I I didn't really I didn't really get to stop and talk to you a whole lot. Um it was just you. You had nobody <laughs> helping you at all. No, just my mannequin, man. Did you see my mannequin? <laughs> I remember you messaging me about that. Your yeah. mannequin. So, yeah. so, wow. So, a few things that that were kind of rough on my end, and this is like, uh, this is gonna sound stupid, but it'd be like asking a bride how her wedding went. You know, everybody else is like, "Oh, this is great." Oh yeah, yeah. And the bride's like, "Well, the flowers were wrong, and this dumbass did this over here." Mm. So, one thing that I didn't like that we fell short on was our catering. You know, we had people pay X amount of money to show mm -hmm. up, eat. And while it was toward the end, our caterer ran out of food. And mm -hmm. I, the host of the show, and my right-hand man, the other host of the show, didn't get any damn brisket, Mac. And that's the whole reason we invited, <laughs> them. We invited them for the brisket, Mac. And yeah. you know, we paid for extra. And they ran out of food well before everybody got through. People waited a while. I was not happy about that. Um, and the was other that thing, the first? Was that the first, first night? night? Friday oh, night. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I got food at the end, and it was slim. But, yeah. hey, oh, yeah. it was food's food, you know? So yeah, I I'll mean, take what I can get. 
I, you know, and after pricing out with other people that are much better quality, um, we got, we got piped pretty good. So uh -huh. that, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. So the other thing was the film festival. And I, I, I really would have liked to had more people there too. We had about 400 people. Um, I would have liked to seen 750 to a thousand. That's what I was guessing. But when you think about it, we were in one of the lowest population areas in the Eastern United States. There's no, that's a low income spot too, ain't it? Oh, it's extremely, it's one of the most, yeah, I saw some wild rest. stuff. Oh, I'll bet you did. <laughs> so I hung out that way. And Man. like, there's places where I don't feel comfortable. And wow. it's um, it's just one of those areas. There's not a lot of food places. There's not a lot of hotels. No, the hotel was rough. You know, there's no major interstates or anything. So you look at all that. And as I'm talking to all these different vendors, like, hey, you know, what would you do different? And they're like, well, I'd put it somewhere where there's more than three people in the entire mm -hmm. city. You know, so. Mm -hmm. uh, We've got some big plans next year, but anyways, Dude, it was it was awesome, man. Don't be hard on yourself. Like I had people, all sorts of people, saying like just kind of trying to trash it prior to that. And really? like I said, it was just me. I didn't really know you guys. I saw who was going, and I was like, ah, oh, I'm going. I looked at my schedule; I was off. Um, it gave me the opportunity to meet people that I've known for two, three, four years, and right and see in person. And it was like. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, it was like I know him. Like, hey, it wasn't even weird. Like, hey, what's up? Yo, let's go. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I told you this. I said the worst part about it was I didn't get to enjoy it as like a vendor or um, a, 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 a customer, a, a guest, a customer, or yeah, yes. guest. I, I kind of got stuck. Like once things started to roll, I kind of got stuck, and and it's all blur. Uh, I didn't get to hear any of the speakers. Or any of the you know the seminars or whatever um were going on um and, and that was the worst friends. part it's like i i got to enjoy educating people like mm -hmm. there were so many people that walked through that didn't that, that i talked them out of a sale <laughs> like oh yeah i'm thinking about getting these rope mods i had these daisy chains i can't figure these things out i'm gonna get these rope mods and i'm like have you tried a trucker hitch and they're like trucker hitch. I'm like, come on over here, show yep. them how to do a trucker hitch. And they're like, yeah, I like that. I'm like, yep. you don't need these rope mods. Go try that trucker trucker hitch. Yep. And uh, and 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 you know, I just I, I like that. I like being able to. It is nice being able to work with the people. Hell yeah, that's and that's the best in, part. Hands-on experience. The the engagement level at that show is unlike anything I've seen yeah. anywhere, and it's. It's on purpose, but you still don't believe it. I don't believe it and, yeah. until I see it. And I'm like, dude, this is so much fun getting to connect with all these people and, and meet them. And, and, you know, I'll never remember one-tenth of the names with the faces. Mm -mm. And you know what's funny? All these people, like you said, you've known them for years, and you see, like, mm -hmm. their wedding photo when they're clean-shaven. And then they walk up with a beard and a fucking hat on. And they're like, hey, Chris, or hey, Luke. And you're like, hi. Well, that was Matt Tompkins. Matt yeah, Tompkins right. is a good buddy of mine. And he, <laughs> when he came in, I'm like, yo, what's up? And he was like, he was, eh. 
you know, and then he walked over and was like, hey. And I'm like, yo. He's like, hey, oh, hey. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? You didn't recognize yeah. me? I must oh, be yeah. bigger, bigger in person. Oh, dude, it's, it's insane. <laughs> well, what's not, what's so not fair. So I would go to these competitions for archery and my name is on the back of my jersey and somebody mm. else wouldn't have their freaking name on their jersey. They just have like a, a shop shirt for some reason, uh, their name's not on there, but like the products they represent or whatever the mm. companies. And I'm like, can I get an introduction, please? Like, come on, man, hook me up with a name or something. This is so not fair. My freaking name's on my jersey. And you just walk in, I'm in the pisser, and they walk up next to me and they're like, hey, Chris, what's up? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> You're starting, yeah. Kind of awkward as hell. But no, the, are you meeting friends in the bathroom? Yeah, I guess, dude. <laughs> Um, you know, the expo though, that's, that's going to be fun. I really hope that you're able to at least be a part of one of our shows if yeah. not next year. Um, yeah. it's going to be a June and a July thing. So I'm hoping mm. that we hit that slow month and then that yeah. month starts to pick up. Um, right. Right. and, and I think doing that in some better locations is just going to, I mean, literally make the difference for all of us. So, um, well, that venue was awesome, dude. Dude, if I could pick that yeah. venue up and like, yeah. if I could quadruple that venue and take it all over the country, I'd do it. That was yeah, just, that place was sweet, man. That's a sweet venue. That was such a nice spot. So, mm -hmm. I would assume. Uh, per, let Let's talk. I mean, you kind of hit on this a little bit, but let's talk about your preferred mobile setup i spent all last year trying everything i mean i had i it, it was great i wanted to use all my products i wanted to use just about every product out there and have like a extremely uh like extreme understanding of everything and what works and what doesn't and what works good with what and i i kind of just felt like like I was just spinning my wheels. By the end of the season, I grabbed my ion and my three steps and I one stick up the tree and I said, I've been, what am I been doing? I've been, <laughs> I've been trying all this other stuff and neglecting the thing that like I love. Well, it, I also hope to gain something out of that, but I really did it. The only thing that I kind of gained at the end of the day was like, I think there's a there's plenty of situations where a hang on is better than yeah. a saddle um, or a hybrid setup. Like I I'm really into that, but personally, I you I like I hunted yesterday and I one sticked into my point five and I saddle hunted. It was really weird. Um, I faced the tree. Uh, it had packed really well. Um, so I think I can do anything or everything with that setup. Um, I had a little too much gear, but it, it kind of went, went fine. But I, to me, the perfect setup is one sticking up a tree or SRT, and then using your one stick as a platform, and you have a steps, ring of steps at uh, three o'clock, nine o'clock, and then one behind the tree at 12 o'clock. 
and yeah. that gives you full. I don't take a weak side shot. I don't cross my bridge. I'll uh, I'll be able to get a three sixty strong side shot that way as long as there isn't a lot of uh, too much branches and stuff. There's situations where that's not gonna work. Um, and home base is the platform of your stick. And but sometimes the having a little hang on is better. You know, you yeah. need to face away from the tree if it's too much cover. If you're in a pine tree, a beech tree, you might need to face away from it. Yeah, I agree. I and, but repelling, I don't not repel out of the tree. Anymore. I'll never not repel out of a tree. Yeah. I think every yeah. human being should repel mm -hmm. out of a tree. Um, and I yeah. So when I'm in a place that is open timber or a place that I don't really know that isn't like a uh, a meadow, a lake, river, you know, any kind of water edge at all. I believe in one sticking as well. If it mm -hmm. is a water edge or in or on the edge of a field or meadow, then I'm a two sticker with a with an eight, you know, a movable yeah. eight or something. And and a lot of times mm -hmm. a stand, um, yeah, or, or yeah. a nice platform with a saddle, whatever. But there's mm -hmm. just for instance, um, if you're on like a river or a lake, those sycamore trees that literally just mm -hmm. the hell out, but you've got to be where you got to be. Well, if you got to climb that tree, if you want to stick up that, that's going to be hell on earth. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you slip and fall, you're going to look like a damn plumb bob hanging off of that thing. <laughs> so that's yeah. what, um, or, or if I'm bed hunting, if, if I'm yeah, you know, hundred, or less yards from a bed or something where I'm like, yeah, we're going in to kill this bastard. Now, I'm yeah. probably to stick and do a stand or a big platform or something. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think I, th I don't think uh, you need to get to a certain height. I think you need to get to the spot where wherever there's cover, you know, and that Agreed. could be, that could be the ground or that could be 30 feet. You know, it, and, you got to kind of play. You know, what's really cool you. with the saddle, it, whether it's on a platform, one stick, hybrid setup, whatever you got, when you put the tree in between you and the deer, after, you know, last year was my third year saddle hunting. Mm -hmm. and after that, uh, you know, and, and last year was a great year, a um, lot of encounters. And I'm convinced that when you put the tree in between you and the deer, it messes with their depth perception. Yeah, and don't quite understand what you are, and you don't look like the traditional human predator. That predator that is sticking out from the tree in a stand. So, um, you know, the tree's behind you, and you're in between the tree and the deer. So, I feel like they don't really pick up on what you are. I've had multiple deer stare at me like and you can come see on their face like what the hell is that you know what's yeah. that ass blob on that tree <laughs> is that a bear <laughs> yeah, that damn white bear up there so um but no i'm i'm pretty big one sticker myself um re really like doing that and really i mean the idea of repelling out of a tree is just it's, it's awesome dude it is literally untouchable Unless you figure out how to fly one day, like that's the only thing that's going to beat it. Yeah, it's so much. Yeah, I I love it. I 
Yeah, I, I don't even because it's not hard to climb up. It's hard. It, it, I think more problems have them coming down. You know, I think absolutely. You know, I agree. You've been climbing rock climbers, same thing. You know, or yep. mountaineers. You're going. It's tougher to come down than it is to go up. Amen. For whatever that, reason, your, your momentum is working against you. You know, when you're yeah. going up, you're mm. kind of creating the momentum. When you start going down, you're basically mm. trying not to fall. And I mean, I don't know. I've always felt uneasy coming down. Yeah. Uh, in the dark. Now in the daylight, yeah. I don't yeah. Care. But I in agree. the dark, even with a good headlamp, mm -hmm. you know, there's shadows created mm -hmm. and all that. And it takes one time. And I, I hunt in a lot of I mean, I'm not easy to get to or or and or my cell phone isn't going to be of any use no. to me so that's where you know once i talk do you, to do you hunt, a, hunt alone a lot too yeah oh yeah, yeah. so do i i, I hunt yeah. my wife don't even know like she don't she don't know where i'm at yep and, yep. and i'm only at like three places locally usually yeah. but i actually fell out of a uh, a ladder stand putting it up like 80 pounds ago and broke my leg so and that was like an eight oh. foot jump fall type thing and so, yeah, I'm, I got a rod and pins and all that. So I kind of don't like heights, but I feel very secure tethered. Like once. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I, I don't like climbing with a lineman belt, just like, or a three-step eight. If I could use three sticks with a three-step eighter and somehow use the tether, but it gets in the way. I don't understand why. I always tell people when you ascend, use your lineman's rope because you have to. But when yeah. you descend, if you're not repelling, use your tether. Mm. Your tether will be a thousand times better. You can sit in your saddle, mm -hmm. use your harness, whatever, um, mm. and you just have better control. You're not going to fall. With a, yeah. a lineman's rope literally yeah. is like a freaking safety hazard. It's yeah, it's just kind of uh, like holding it's kind of helping you just work on your next stick. Um, yeah. It's not really if you fall, you're probably going to get jacked up if unless like something it catches on something, dude, like another stick or a branch. I was going up a honey locust and Ooh. my pack got caught on a branch with thorns and oh, I was geez. using some climbing steps. I didn't have sticks yet. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, my lineman's rope got stuck on the knot of the tree, and I only fell about a foot, 18 inches. But, dude, mm. in that tiny little space that I fell. That's actually what, too? Dude, I banged my face and chin on that tree. Mm. And I'm, okay, we're done with this shit. We're getting sticks next year, and mm. we're, we're going to do this like your buddies do it and figure that out. Yeah. You know, that that's something that really worries me. Um, and since one sticking has gotten so huge, uh, I didn't see any of this last year, and I hope to not see it again. But um, a lot of guys don't climb very safely. And, no. and it's it's uh, it can really go bad quick. I don't think these people realize how much slack you might have in your tether and <laughs> what that kind of fall, even, you know, if you have two foot of slack, I think that is actually a four foot fall because it like doubles or something. I think, really? I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I think if you're above your tether, the falls double or something like that. Oh, you know, because if you got slack, it's got to go down and then past it. Okay. But, I mean, not that most people are going to be above it, but uh, or above their waist. But yeah, I just I really worry that someone has going to have a kick out and you know even a three or four fall is going to just jack you up. So I personally, I climb with a lineman belt, and once my lineman belt gets to my tether, that's generally when I'll start to raise the tether, and then I'll climb back up to the, you know, use my lineman belt to keep going to the tether again, and then raise it as high as I can at that point. And uh, that's probably when I'm actually ready to raise my stick again. Um, and then I get rid of the lineman belt for that portion. I think Garrett Prawl uh, has a has a video on one he he does he has a one yeah. sticking video and he shows he has a very very safe way of doing it and i recommend yeah. that to people because i personally have done it where you hang it you get your top top of your stick up to about almost eight foot and you go up there then you you tether in and i think that's a death trap a um and then uh yeah, I think using the alignment belt is really smart. And then what's nice with the alignment belt is if you have to go around limbs, which often you do, you already have it there. It's already out yep. ready to go. And yep. it doesn't really slow you down. Yep. Um, so I'm a big proponent in that personally. Um, I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible, uh, well, not terrible, but more terrible example for climber. I don't use yeah. legs for my saddle. Um, <laughs> I did my first year either, <laughs> and I I just use the tether that I cl so I climb with my tether and then yeah uh, descend with my my uh, oh okay but uh you use the C four the elite uh I want to say the elite yeah I I haven't used that I want to you know it's hard when you offer these products like you have to make an account with the the you know the supplier. And you usually have to, you know, spend a certain amount. So if, if I go to Khan, I got to spend a certain amount. If I go to uh, Sterling, I got to spend a certain amount. So maybe at some point I can go to Tuffelberger and then bring in their some of their stuff. I mean, it's it's kind of, um, you know, you're splitting hairs because it, they're competitive products. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, you you know one reason why you would do that is if like sterling isn't giving you enough rope then you have to go to somebody else to get the competitive rope yep. but i've been able to keep up like sterling's been pretty good with me um i had issues that's with all the, used. the cib have you yeah so we were actually <laughs> we were actually shooting um the commercial for the film festival for latitude okay and i was just trying to do a basic rappel out of the tree yeah and the the commercial talks about whether you're um going up and you know it's got us ascending sticks and steps and all this stuff mm -hmm. once sticking up the tree and then and then it says we're coming down <laughs> and telling we had to use such a tiny bit out of that and we what was it what'd you say so i didn't the, hear the, something okay, so something was, bit, tiny bit so we had to use a tiny bit of the clip oh, okay telling okay. because yeah. i could only move a foot six inches at a time 
It was milk with, in the road. With the, oh, it was milk in the it? The Madrock safeguard. So essentially, it's like squeezing the rope and pushing yeah. slack, and then it would just get stuck. And, and dude, I was, I was pissed off because this is something, this is something that we should have shot in 20 or 30 minutes. And, and I was stuck in the tree for 30 minutes. Really? Oh, I was furious. So do you think I'm, it was the rope or the mad rock? I, think I guess you think it was the rope. I think it's the rope. Yeah. yeah. I've never had um, that experience. Oh, dude. I haven't met many. Like it wouldn't pay out. You felt you like mean? it just like when you went to pull the the lever to to descend, it wouldn't. It was just stuck. It was stuck. So essentially, what was happening is imagine, I mean, imagine just having a bunch of like you've got like an inner piece of rope, but there's oh, I this know all about milk and rope. In. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was basically pinching it. Yeah. And, and you could and my weights on it so there's no adjustment there to be done and so i essentially stopped trying to repel and just one stick back down to the tree which anybody who's one stick down the tree terrible. knows that it's literally the equivalent of like shoving a baseball bat down your throat it's terrible <laughs> like no thank yeah, you i would i would not do it if that was the case no i i that's, tried that's crazy. I tried one sticking down the tree once before I had my kit. And after mm. that, I was like, yeah, I'm never doing this again. And then I had to do it again. I was even more pissed. <laughs> but, they um, should have had that on video and put that in the, the bloopers. Oh, dude, I've still got the video. And when we were, so I don't know if you were aware, <laughs> did you see the loft that we had at the expo? No, nah, I, I missed everything. So I, I saw I saw whoever was in my peripherals. So <laughs> in the same building mm -hmm. was a loft with seven bedrooms, two bathrooms, a kitchen, a, oh, a living room. Wait. I did see that there was an area over there. I thought they were like yes. offices or something. Yeah, no, that that was where our team and the guest speakers stayed. So oh. yeah. So that's where that's how I was able to kind of give everybody that came that was a guest speaker. A place to stay. And oh, okay, cool. From having to stay in a hotel, I think um, Jake Bush ended up staying. That's in a like hotel. a bridal party spot to hang out. That's exactly what it's for. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, when we were up there after night one, Josh, of course, is like giggling like a schoolgirl, like show them where you were a pissed off bear in the tree. And I was like, <laughs> okay, and of course, everybody got a kick out of it, but and I did too. Uh, after a few drinks and being tired, yeah. but I, oh, dude, <laughs> that was rough. So, with that said, let's talk about um, you know a few of your products that you've designed. I know you've got the uh, the lookout step that is fairly new. Um, yeah, yeah, they're all pretty new. The lookout, uh, we I made it like a, a top step as well because I knew some guys might do that, including myself. So we kind of okay. like, it, it's all based off of like the same piece. Like if you look at the three products, they're all kind of the same. It's a three by two piece of um, angle aluminum and just how the way that it's cut, whether it's designed to be a bottom or a top, um, you know, because you need more foot room on the bottom, but you want a bigger gusset on the top if you're going to be 
side loading it and just having more weight and, and all that. Um, and then if the crow's nest is just a little piece of angle welded to the front of that. And my whole, you know, the whole reasoning behind that is like, if you step on the crow's nest, it looks very small. It's only a little tiny three by or a two, two inch by 10, uh, flat section with that little angled one and a half while it on it looks small but where where the material is is where you need it where you use it the most and that's kind of like on the arch of your foot and the okay. the heel um especially when climbing so my and what i found is like everything kind of in front of the post of the stick is kind of like the further you get towards the tree you get like a diminishing return um you know, just because your weight's back, like we don't lean into the tree and put our forehead against the bark, you know, we're right. kind of, we're in line with it. Um, we're over our shoulders. Um, so that was like a, a way to kind of like, you know, it's basically the, a, a scout platform, like two, this angled scout and the flat scout kind of morphed into, uh, you know, something that I think works better than both of those two products. Yeah. It, it, it gives you both of those. It's, it's the Bob. All right, Mac Harris. <laughs> um, and then, the, you know, the step, I had a lot of issues with those bigger platforms on, up top. I, I couldn't use them because when I would get from my top step of my aider to the bottom regular double step, whatever, you know, step it was, that platform was just in my way. I couldn't step up. It was like, I couldn't use it. And my ion has a very similar uh, footprint, you know, it sticks out far away from the tree. It's not as big, but the bottom step kind of is almost similar to the top and, and it was very much more comfortable to climb. So I thought it was a no brainer to, to add that, you know, you don't have to switch your standoffs. You just bolt it on and uh and what's also cool about that is since the angle is on the bottom it's flipped over it's on the bottom your stick it, it comes down to the bottom of your stick post so okay. it actually gives you like more uh step distance okay um, uh, even more than a regular double step because that's kind of higher up yeah. You know, where the bolt is, is lower than the step where these bolts are above the step. Okay. Um, and it just works good. Uh, okay. I got, you got one, do you get it yet? Yeah, actually. Yeah. So, so uh, is this supposed to go like this then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So see where the bolt, the bottom bolt is. Yeah. And, and that's higher than your step, right? Okay. Yeah. And your the post of your stick is going to be pretty it should be level with the bottom so you don't really have much loss you gain right. stick uh you gain some length there so it, it'll sit flat when you set it down okay i mean depending on how you have your aider set up and, and the uh, wonderful little yes allen heads those to connect yep. your aiders yes yeah you okay. can uh throw your aider on there you could throw a oh Good thing. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I just just uh, made a deal with uh, Mike Isabel. Okay. Backwoods Mobile Gear. 
Yeah. He's he's got I got an order of eighters coming. So we'll have all you know, pretty much the best webbing webbing eighters out there as an option um yeah. for the one sticks. Uh I will have I have posts that are coming tomorrow, so I'll be able to build my own one stick. So do you not um, do eighters? I make game steel eighters, but to be honest with you, I personally like a webbing aider better. Same. Um, however, my am steel eaters pack pack smaller, especially if it's a movable one. It's going to be smaller than a webbing aider and lighter and and all that. But I kind of I like the webbing aiders, and I think guys will like that option. Yeah. Um, and like you know, so with this, I'm working with people that I just and you know I use their products. I think they make great stuff. I respect them. I'm friends with them. And that's awesome to have in the store, innovating the outdoors, yeah. out on a land, back Dude. in his mobile gear, wow. got some tree hopper stuff. Uh, and it's only going to keep growing. Uh, tomorrow or Thursday, no, Wednesday, I will have Oplux, Stone Eye, uh, Tethers, Lyman's Belts. I mean, I'm just getting more stuff, I'm just re reinvesting back into the company. I haven't, I'm not taking any money out of my own pocket. Like that was the thing. Like I invested all my money, like that I made with the one stick ropes. I didn't like just blow the money. I, I mean, on, on hunting stuff, but I just sold all that stuff and reinvested it back in. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. And, um, I want to tell you about, I know, man, we've been talking forever and I could keep talking till the sun comes <laughs> we up. We can do another one for sure. <laughs> But I want to tell you about uh, CHOP, the discount code CHOP. Okay. Okay, oh, so yeah, CHOP, yeah. So that stands for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And um, there's Children's Hospital all over the country. I just, you know, I'm familiar with the one closest to me. We live pretty close to it. And uh, so if you use the promo code CHOP at checkout, you get 5% off of any product. And it's C H O P all capitals, and then I'm going to match a five dollar or five percent donation to and give it to the Children's Hospital. And I want to give you a little backstory. Um, about a year and a half ago, I got COVID. I had I had the flu and COVID, the flu Rona, in real bad. And yeah, I ended up in the hospital. It was was not fun. Um, I get back just as I'm kind of getting better. My son starts to get sick, you know, a week after getting out of the hospital. He starts to get a little weird. And, uh, you know, we can't tell if he's just acting up. You know, he's at the age, you know, he might be, oh, I'm sick. Act. And then, then I, you know, he had a fever. Eh, maybe he is sick. And he's not wanting to play. My kid's got a ton of energy. I, I showed you the video. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. And then, yeah, he's laying around. Then he pukes. So I say, let's be, I take him to an urgent care. It's on uh, a weekend and uh, it's a weekend where there's a children's urgent care. They check them, they're, you know, they're kind of concerned about uh, appendicitis. Um, they're a COVID, they give them the COVID test because I had COVID, but I stayed away. Um, so we go home, he's kind of happy. They give him a popsicle. He get you know he's acting up again. Boom! We take him over to the local hospital, and uh, 
you know, they're just like, I think he's got appendicitis. It's he's just in a lot of pain, headache, fever. Um, but we're going to send him over to chop. Okay. It's like the middle of the night now. Boom. We go over to chop and, uh, we end up, you know, like at the, at first, you know, we're in a room, they're trying to figure out what's going on or giving them ultrasounds or all sorts of stuff. Uh, and (laughs) we told him, like, this kid hasn't gone to the bathroom in like five days Can you get him on an an animal. (laughs) And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll give it a try. <laughs> that was actually hilarious. So he feels better after he got his enema. And uh, we go home. About an hour later, he's, things are going bad again. So we bring him back to CHOP. They take us right in, give us a room. And we end up spending like five days there. And uh, it, it got to the point where my boy couldn't move. He was in a fetal position. He, he was in a ton of pain, couldn't get up, couldn't, he, he couldn't even face the TV. Like, I couldn't even put him in the opposite direction in a fetal position. Like, he wouldn't even move. And my wife's very tiny and was able to lay in bed with him. And uh, they ran every test. I mean, the place is amazing. It's one of the most renowned hospitals, especially for children in, in the country, probably even in the world. You have teams of people coming in, you know, no, no expense spared five doctors at a time from this department, from that department, whatever their specialty is. And, uh, you know, every test, they just went down the line. What is going on with this kid? But what happened was, you know, I'm dad. I'm going out. I'm getting the food. I'm getting the drinks. I'm getting the things that we need. You know, mom's in bed with my boy. And uh, I start... you know, I'm getting a lay of the land and I'm going past these other hospital rooms and I'm seeing a baby a couple doors down, baby, barely, you know, in a jumper. They put her in a jumper. It's got a straw thing coming out of her nose. And, uh, man, I, I walked past this room and see this baby, you know, you know, a lot like looking in. I never see anybody with the baby ever. Mm. So I finally say to my nurse, I'm like, hey, man, what's. What's going on with this baby? Keep seeing it down the hall. It's like, the, you know, it's midweek. I'm like, maybe they got a whole family, the parents, they got jobs. The might, baby might be in here for a prolonged period of time. Uh, and, you know, they, they just got to go on with the life, you know, they come when they can. And so I say something to him. I, 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 I present it to him like that. And he says, man, I got to tell you. If that was a situation, it'd be a good situation. There's kids in here I know that have been here for two years, two years, that have never had a visitor. That that messed me up, man. Holy shit. That messed me up. Yeah, I'm laying that, in bed that night. Uh, yeah, I'm laying in bed that night. Now, I can't sleep. Yeah, I, I just I'm thinking I'm not even thinking about my kid because my kid's got resources. He's got love, you know. Right. He's got his. He, he's going through some shit right now. But there's kid two years never had a visitor. What kind of life is that? You're in prison. Literally, you know, these kids have they they have problems. Obviously, you know. So I I I walk out 
I can't sleep. I'm like, I see the lady. There's kind of a lady there. You know, if you come up, you you see this lady. She tells you where to go. I'm I'm talking to her. I say, I can't sleep. I'm, and I start crying. You know, she tells me, just let it out, baby. Just let it out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I just, you know, from that point forward, I said, like, I, this is something that I had never even considered in my life. Like the struggles of other, you know, others, especially children, especially children that don't have anything or anyone. And uh, so, you know, I just wanted to give back and in any way that I could. And uh, I couldn't think of a better way, you know, and, and what's nice about using the discount code, you're, you're as a, you know, customer, you're just as responsible uh, you know, of giving as I am. So, yeah. so it's a joint thing. And, uh, you know, it's funny, you know, you get a lot of military guys that, uh, you know, they, they ask for a code and I'm like, Hey man, I can do this or I could do this. They always pick job <laughs> because yeah. people, you know, it's tough and, and they don't know this story. And I'm sure there's a million others like this, but my time there was, you know, you couldn't ask for a better hospital for your kid to be at. And I mean, they ran every, my kid had every possible study that they could do. And just magically day five, he stood up, he got out of bed, he walked around and they just said like, he got, he had, he had a virus that we don't test for because they ran every virus panel that they had possible. Oh, and shit. yeah. They, they checked them for uh, meningitis. They gave them a spinal tap. Uh, they gave them uh, brain, head scans, brain scans, uh, EKG, echocardio, everything. everything. For like a gallbladder or something? Damn. No, they think that he had some crazy virus that wow. they don't. And they just said, you know, we don't know what it is. We suspect it was a virus. It ran its course. And uh, he's back to normal, and that's all that matters. And it, and it is. Now he's a superhuman. Yes. Jeezel. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's crazy, dude. That's uh, yeah. You never think about that. And what's crazier is that I think that probably still hit us pretty good as younger guys. Man, once you become a father, all that shit oh. just gets you different. Yeah. 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 So it, it was weird though. My, like I said, my feeling, I wasn't not sleeping because of my own child. Right. That was going through major problems at that point. I'm thinking about the loneliness, you know, and they do their best, you know, they have, there's, there's billionaire, like whatever I'm going to donate, we're going to donate together is panic, you know, peanuts compared to what these billionaires do to this place. But, you know, my kid, he had coloring books that he couldn't really like he wouldn't do, but he would kind of and, you know, toys and, you know, they do the toys for tot stuff over there around Christmas and damn dude, and, and it gets used. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I couldn't think if if I can make less money to give something back to them, then that's, uh, that's all that I care about. So. Hell yeah, um, man. 
good on you, brother. That's that's a hell of a cause too. That's oh. That's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no one's going to be like, "Fuck you, dude." That sucks. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. You know? No one. That's insane. And it's oh. real. You know, it's a real experience. And, yeah. And uh, that's the reality. But yeah, use chop. You know, it's funny. Like some guys, like I'm getting orders in that are using that. And there's orders that aren't. I want everyone to use that. Yeah. I want everyone. Hell yeah. So chop. we got to get that word out. Chop. All right. C-H-O-P. Well, we'll make sure we put that in the podcast note. Do you hear me, Rick? Um, <laughs> and then uh, when we make a post, we'll we'll talk about that as well. Damn, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, what what uh, if you if you had any concluders, you listen to Meat Eater at all? Um, I'd more watch the show. Okay. Uh, Love the they show. Talking about having like concluders. If you had yes. to kind of kind of sum everything up or, or give final thoughts would, or anything, what would it be? Um, two things. I got two. Okay, and I'm guilty of number one, and that's being a doucher online. And I fight. I fought it today. <laughs> I, even, I wanted somebody said something, and I just wanted to go off. But it's not worth. Be be friendly. Be nice. Because there's people that I didn't like, and I met them at the expo, and I didn't have a negative experience there. And and Bobby, I was talking to you about Bobby Bird. Um, I, I got a little jealous of Bobby, not because he had a, like a like I saw what I I kind of saw you know him coming on and doing the one stick thing, and I'm like he's getting attention. Why am I not getting attention? And I'm getting jealous and ego. And envy, and uh, he got to try Dano's um, ultimate uh, ultimate platform, be, you know, before me. And I'm like, what the heck? But um, I apologized to him because I thought I, you know, I never personally or never directly threw shade at him, but I had, I kind of, I know that I treated him negatively. And uh, he seems like a really cool guy. I wish he was at the expo. I wanted to meet him. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can, you, you get online. I think a lot of us are guilty of judging people online. And then you meet them in person and uh, can have a much better take on who they are. And then the second one is check your gear. Check your gear. Dude. Don't go out there and do something silly. If your stuff looks rotten, get rid of it. It's not yep. worth it. We all want to get home to the family, you know. Yep. So yeah. do your due due diligence to 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 you know maintain your stuff. It doesn't take much, and uh, yeah, that's about it. What are no, yours? Uh, I would say my concluder is to just for for tonight. I would say to just keep on chugging along. I, I know from talking to you, from talking to Katoya talking to all these different people in the industry and it, it not even just Amsteel people. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, everybody, everybody's got competition. Everybody's got struggles and, and downfalls and faults and, you know, great positives about that. Just, yeah, I found that and this, this is actually a credit to my wife because I'm one of those damn millennials that wants everything right now. And uh, sometimes it can be really tough 
to just do all those little things. And then all of a sudden you just like keep doing that and keep working and keep working. Yeah. And keep grinding. Man. And you're like, Holy shit, man. Like I'm way ahead of where I thought I would be. Yeah. You know, X amount of time. So mm. just keep grinding. And, and you know, when, when the, uh, proverbial haters come out of the woodwork generally only when you're doing well getting attention or something yeah yeah been, i've been there i'm one of them i'm one yeah. of the haters I mean, you can't you it's can't easy to be that it, it's very easy to be that I've, yeah. we've all been that um yeah. don't listen to them you know there, yeah. there's a i don't know if you're a movie guy at all i'm a pretty big movie guy huge leo fan and uh, <laughs> i think one of his best movies is great catch me if you can great movie and as his father talks about the two mice uh -huh. falling into the the jar of yep. cream and um you know just the one turned it into butter swimming, right or something swimming. Yeah. yeah turned it into butter yeah. and climbed yeah, out that. of that so um sometimes you just gotta you know it's tough we're guys we got testosterone and we all, you know, everybody at, at a certain point, we all do have to admit that we want to be the best, you know, that we're not in this to be number seven, you know, but at the same rate, I have found that when you surround yourself with the right people and you try to do good things rather than just worrying about you, good things are going to happen. So, yeah, uh, you know, I think the, so too. The haters will always be there, and they're just going to grow in number as you yeah. grow. But right, yeah. More exposure. Do, do good. So. And and a lot of times, like you were saying, you know, competition, there's a lot of you – can, you can be competing with people at the same time you can be working with them. Amen. And, uh, and that's, a weird, that's a weird dynamic, but I, I, go, I go through – uh, you'll see – You'll see a post where someone says something about a one stick and I'm posting something and out on him is posting something. I don't care that he's posting that. He should. You know? So we're working together, but we're working against each other too. So yep. but but everyone kind of needs you kind of need each other. Like this this whole thing is based off of tethered. Yeah. This whole thing is based off of tethered. And yep. and everyone kind of is piggybacking in their own little way, or they, you know, they might be kind of competing, but um tethered was the starter um and even the even the mobile stand kind of community um took off and i think that's based off of tethered as well really and they might disagree yeah i mean what was going on before tethered like who, lone wolf custom gear wasn't out yet beast gear wasn't out yet yeah you know it was, kind of, it, it, it was extremely stagnant and then we can say oh we were coming out anyway I think you know it's it's all based off of tethered and their marketing and got Could people, yeah. So even though people want to show throw some shade at tethered and they've had their mishaps, but kind of they kind of are responsible for it all as well. So not even a question. Yeah. Amen to that. All right. Yeah. Well, on that note, I really appreciate you uh, giving me roughly an hour and 45 minutes of your time <laughs> and, uh, yeah man drink with you yeah, and uh, we're gonna have to uh we'll have to do this again and 
and talk yeah. more about mobile hunting and and i hope yeah let's let's catch up at the end of the season you know see, i want to hear how you did i'll be listening to the pod catching up i hope and, uh, that i'm pestering you when you go to kansas and come back because we oh. got a hunting story to talk oh, about. oh yeah so. dude I, I didn't even get into that i i'm the elevate guys i bought a stand he's supposed to meet me at the airport and give it to me no shit <laughs> yeah. Josh or jared uh, i think josh i but i was listening to they both sound the same yeah i, I think josh <laughs> okay yeah they're really cool guys uh, yeah awesome so I'm hoping to, when do you go to kansas middle of the rut like my, like i said my buddy he scheduled everything i think it's like early to mid-november like you okay. know the eighth the, oh, i don't know the 12th somewhere in there if you yeah. don't kill a two and a half year old i'm gonna be upset oh dude <laughs> i'll be surprised if that's all you get a crack at out there and what's funny is yeah. a two and a half year old out there as big as our four young. and a half year old yeah, yeah. like they as could be as our four and a half year old that's yeah. what my buddy said he's like you because he's he knows what we deal with. he's like you can't compare us to them don't do no. it you're you know no. not even close yeah. are you on public or are you doing an outfit public yeah public yeah he Dude. set up everything so I, he's been out there he's he showed me some waypoints and stuff like have you been doing any air no i've been splicing am steel man <laughs> what do we got <laughs> oh, i'm letting man. you take the lead i'll just be uh I'll be, I'll be your shadow well bro i'll be rooting for you and i hope we're pestering yeah. you to do a a hunt breakdown here in another two months that'd be cool that'd be All cool right. man well, well uh thanks again man have a good night and good luck all season with that said this has been fueled by the outdoors and i've been your host chris leppert and tonight i was joined by luke dottel with rda outdoors better known as real deal amsteel thanks for tuning in guys have a great day <laughs>